Okay, welcome back to The Good, The Bad and The Natty. We have two special guests today. So we've got Joe Jeffrey. Do you want to say hi? Hello. Hello. And we've got Christian. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to do it properly. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yo, what's <your> <laughs> <laughs> And there we've got Christian, who's actually quite good at that. The old people was popping. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was quite good. <laughs> Gets me every I'll time. I'll do the more recent version. Christian was doing the, the original. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 I like your play on it. Yeah, there's take two, yeah. <laughs> the OG. Okay, so uh, in today's podcast, Tom actually had quite an interesting topic that he wanted to delve into and just get, like, Joe and Christian's perspective on as well. So if you want to introduce that. just talking about what how bodybuilding in itself not in terms of competitions or social media or whatever but bodybuilding practices whether it be nutrition training supplementation cardio drugs everything along those lines has changed in the last sort of like 20 years so since 2000 or so how has it changed um you know obviously a lot of bro science old school sort of myths and things have been like debunked and i mean i think joe spends literally half his life telling people about these things that this is like a myth this is bullshit on on facebook don't you mate <laughs> um, a lot a lot of uh, a lot of people going oh i heard this receptor this drug fights for this receptor same as this one and you end up having to explain a load of shit to them and then they go off and do this shit anyway um but um you know things along those lines basically um so i think we could if we just have a discussion about all of that we just sort of bounce a few ideas back and forth and stuff that we've seen and you know etc it'll probably evolve into some other bullshit conversation but that's for it <laughs> Before we go any further, can Christian please turn his camera back on? Yeah, I can't see. There we go. I love looking at those mini glasses. (laughs) Just because my head's fucking big. These are quite big, man. Mine are quite big as well. But, like, that's the style now, isn't it? Yeah, so... Do you not know about style, yet? No. Do you not know about fat, growth heads? You're not seeing these glasses on my head? Asking me about... Look at these bad boys. Fucking Elton John. Yeah. That's who it reminds me of. Oh, my God. Because I look like him. Yeah, no, I you look well good. John came in, like, wasn't that, like, after you? What? So, okay. what? No, well, yeah, it was slightly before my time, but whatever. Yeah, slightly before <laughs> your time. Like, casual 10, 15 years before your time. Yeah. Before my time. I can appreciate good music. Well, good music. Yeah, good music. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, classic music like Skrillex, yeah? Yeah, that's the one. Old school. <laughs> old school Skrillex, yeah. That's actually quite old school nowadays. Yeah. You need, like, grime right, are now. We, are, we, are we kicking off our discussion, or is it just going to be a bunch of bodybuilders just chatting shit? I'm just like, admiring like, Caitlin's suitcase collection in the back there. That's it. Oh, oh, yeah. They're full, of, they're full of syringes, those are. They are. Um, yeah. Natty my arse. What people people say to me all the time, like that's the most asked question. Are you still natty? Like, surely when you look at my physique, you'd think you wouldn't think. No, you look like you look like you're on drugs. So good job. You've been drugs for ages, and I still look natty. So I don't know. <laughs> 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 right, Tom. This to is crap. Come on, Go, ask us a question. Ask you. Oh, right. Okay. Um. 
Mm. Oh yeah, okay. Joe, you were speaking to a guy who used to compete back a, a while ago, didn't you? Now compared to nowadays, what are the what are the differences in sort of practices? Is it the same? Is it the same sort of thing, or is it just? Is it, are you, are you talking about that Nick Swan? No, no not Nick. I no, no, no. Of mine. No, you you were emailing a guy back and forth, weren't you? Like a guy. Yeah, who well, yeah. I know him. Oh yeah, he competed in the, the mid seventies. Yeah, I know him in in real life, but we speak mostly over email because he doesn't know how to use social media. Oh, right. Okay. Well, so, yeah, was there, was there anything that he came out with that was sort of shocked you compared to what they do sort of back in their time compared to I mean, I've only got his anecdote. Like, I don't know if this is how everyone did it in the 70s, but, like, what, you want to talk drug-wise or, like, diet-wise? Yeah, go for it. Um, drugs get us the most views on these videos. So, yeah. so the drugs was quite interesting with him. He said, like, in the 70s, he just used, like, he didn't really have access to testosterone. He said he'd just take, like three grams of he said th- it was like this is what me and everyone else did he was like he'd take like three grams of deca a week and then like 100 to 200 milligram of d-bowl a day and that like that didn't change off season pre-contest that was just what it was day in day out year round um oh, okay and he, and he says in the eighties he sort of tailed off but tests started getting more in there and they it basically filled that three gram with test when it was more readily available, and the D bowl stayed in there. So, milligram per mil amp, wasn't it, or or two hundred? So, I'm gonna try. Right? I'm gonna try and find one of my emails, but yeah, they were like um, two hundred. What were they? Two hundred and fifty milligram amps or something. I think there were two. If, if it's the, is it the organon one? Are those the ones back then. I am. Um, because I remember, because I remember people talking about those, and that's a lot of bloody oil leaks having to shoot. Then, isn't it? To be fair, I like the amount of D bolt. <laughs> two hundred a day, just a fistful. True, true bloke, not status. Okay, he says. He said. He said on this email, three thousand milligrams a week of. A mixture of anabolics, but mostly Decker. Sometimes some Primo. Um, oh, okay. Oh, here you go. Whatever's lying around, just shoot. <laughs> he said he cycled his D bowl four weeks on, four weeks off. Oh, okay. Right. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't two hundred a day year round. That would have been even more of a mess. <laughs> well, it was two hundred a day half the year. Well, hundred to two hundred. He said mostly just a handful. <laughs> so if they're, they're ten milligram handful, and then it says. Uh, in the 80s that that three gram mixture was made up of mostly tests for the most part so it's not far away from what you see now to be honest most off-season stats you know most big guys that two to three gram a week of injectables test a bit of decor or whatever you know putting orals in and out i mean that's pretty common isn't it pretty standard so it doesn't really doesn't really change off but this is the thing as well he sounds like he's being really honest with you about what he's actually doing whereas whereas you get these old school guys and there's a couple at the gym that are saying oh we never took that much we never took that much and then you get to know them more and more and more and then they then they go like yeah we were taking three sustenons a day but and then like it's like they just change their story as they go which sounds to me like they're just completely lying about what they take like and he isn't some he wasn't some olympia competitor like he did well in england 
Like, yeah. it was 30 then. I think he's just like 70 something then, I think. Um, Is he yeah. still training? No, he doesn't train anymore. No. Um, no, man. That's crazy. Does he still, does he still pop the D ball? He's on TRT, actually, and that's how we originally got talking. He found me ages ago when I was on YouTube and um, dropped me an email. I haven't been on YouTube for years. And then it turns out he lived um, just outside of rugby, which is just up the road from me, really. And then we just got chatting, stayed in contact since. Um, but again, that's like the only person I've ever spoke to that was actually there and did it. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just a lot of the guys the, the guy at the gym actually um, I won't mention his name but the guy at the gym and he, and he goes yeah I'm just doing a little bit of that test in primo and I was like oh okay cool so I'm the he goes oh just, just one mil a week of each and as I've got to know him more and more now he's like yeah I'm using I was using two I use approach but it wasn't working so now I'm doing ten and I'm like that's that's not a very big like logical jump that's just like yeah a little bit didn't work so I just do a lot and then it, yeah. you know, it just seems like he's just taking more and more shit because because he's coming to coming to the guy who buys it off and every every week and being like, oh, can I get some more? Like, can I get, can I get some more? <laughs> like, mm. I mean, diet-wise, this guy, when we speak about it, he was like, off-season is like off-season. Like, there's no plan. It was like, eat whatever. Like, whatever. Because he was... And the thing is, like, without social media and stuff, like, no one's going to fucking see it. Sorry, I can ask Bear on this podcast. Yeah. No one's going to... Yeah. No one's going to... Get your cock out. <laughs> Sorry, because nobody listened to me see that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he said, like, off-season was just, like, whatever. Just there was no plan. It wasn't about, like, eating as much as you can and just getting fat. It was just, like, normal life. And then... Yeah. And then he said prep was just all out, like... Chicken and broccoli. <laughs> that sounds like my off season. Just like eat whatever, you know, uh, you know. Just yeah, but yeah, we we could reflect on that and look at like the the eating disorder culture now in the in the physique competitive world and the social pressures from social media to, to do a certain thing a certain way. Maybe back then it was a, a healthier approach to only attack this for a certain period of the of the year, you know, and, and then not have any focus. I don't think maybe the right thing to do if you want to progress is to go all the way there with zero focus, but to at least establish some reality and some balance in the off season. Yeah, I was about uh, to just, say like what yeah. what were um, the difference between longevity of bodybuilders back in the day compared to now? Because like a good bodybuilder nowadays is supposed to, I don't know, I think society's kind of, showed the impression that we have to be on it 100% of the time but if you're saying like what you're saying that when it's been prep they just focus and then they kind of do whatever in the off season then yeah. would that show a correlation between like the longevity of these bodybuilders I guess oh yeah for sure because I mean in terms of competitive age I don't know maybe but like let's use Christian as an example but I've seen this anecdotally so many times it's like when you've had a really relaxed approach but still made a lot of progress when it takes time to switch over it's novel and exciting and you enjoy it mm. it's not like oh more of the same it just yeah. hurts a bit more i'm a bit hungrier you know it's a complete overhaul like and discipline is fun at that point because you haven't been doing it mm. you know? I, think, I think also when you get to a certain weight there is a, a kind of 
not eat whatever you want. I think a lot of it is common sense. Like, yeah. if someone said, I'll just go out and eat whatever, I wouldn't go to fucking McDonald's. Because, to me, that's not common sense. Yeah. But, I think when you, like Tom, when you get up to fucking 290 and you're trying to get heavier, I don't think a plan is a good thing. Nope. <laughs> no, it's really and it's good, according to appetite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some days where I'll eat way, way more. <laughs> Because you have to there and take advantage of it. And then obviously, like, if I'm not feeling it that day, I'll just try and do as best as I can. But if my stomach's not going to take it, I'm not going to force it so that I feel fucking horrible in the morning and I can't eat breakfast after I fast for like four hours before I can actually eat something. I'm not going to if, if, if I solely went, If I solely went by appetite at the end of a push up, I wouldn't eat for two days because I don't have an appetite. Yeah. But I think <laughs> yeah. it comes, again, it's common sense. I'm going to try and get food in. Because I feel not so bad, but I want my weight to go, so I've got to eat. Yeah, I don't really have I don't really have much of an appetite like in the mornings, but like I'm I'm much hungry in the evening, so it just makes sense. Like re- like realistically, if someone was doing that and they weren't bodybuilding, they just eat more food in the evening. It's just like so that's pretty much what I do. Like I just try and get more calories later on in the day post workout because I'm usually starving after the workout. So it just it just makes sense, doesn't it? Like I think there's something to let, take from that sort of old school, like, chill out approach. I mean, you're never going to make ridiculous progress, but you'll make some, um, as long as you're consistent with everything. And especially if you're smashing 200 mega D-ball out there, I can't see you not making progress. (laughs) That can be the new protocol. (laughs) Just tell that to all your clients on their drug protocol, on the the plan, and just a fistful of D-ball. Yeah, whenever you can't eat, grab (laughs) D-ball. Snack on D-ball in between meals. New meal replacement shakes out the window. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I I wish but I didn't I think, have an appetite. Go on, go on. I was just about to say I wish I didn't have an appetite, but my appetite is like through the roof at the minute. I could just keep eating. Yeah, but it's gonna be with what you've just done. Yeah, yeah. But like, like it's not it's not crazy. After, it was like I could just eat for hours and not stop. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm still hungry, man. Yeah. This room, bit of room. Yeah. There's always room in the dessert belly. Oh, yeah. Joe, <laughs> <laughs> right. mm. did you get to it tonight, by the way? I was very curious. You, you were, like, looking at the ice cream I was eating and going, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'll have another free meal. Uh, yeah, I am. So, all the shops and we've been at the <clears throat> kennels all day. So, I didn't get to go to the shop today. Went in the co-op. First thing as I walked in, fairway to heaven, three pound. I was like, it's got to be done. It's just like, I bought that and I bought it. some Doritos that I was just eating. So the thing is, I'm going to Vienna in like a couple of days. So I'm going to be walking loads. No, you can have a sick time, man. Best place ever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Should That's true. It's actually true. Say again? Did you in there with one of your clients? Yeah, Tom. Oh, cool. Tom Evans, big Tom. Yeah, the big boy. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna show me how to train. Decent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Caitlin, have you got any other? Have you got any questions you can do? What's that? What's the shit questions that you've got? Uh, well, I've already asked the trend question, but the one from Christian's client was, "What do you think is the biggest thing that's hampering progress in females in terms of like progression as a whole?" Stress. Stress. Yeah, 100%. Stress and scared of eating. Yes. 
Tell me about it. I can tell you what, that's one thing I'm not scared of doing, eating, as you can see from my Instagram story. Got a bit too big, didn't I? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you got too big, though, because you got it off, so it doesn't really matter. Mm. Still, no, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you got too big. Yeah, but I still want lean enough. I want it to be leaner. Yeah, but I think that's a, probably a, an age thing, maybe, as well. Yeah, yeah no. 100%. You, you're, you're not going to be able to reach that crazy level of commitment. Like, muscle maturity is, like, the thing is, and within, like, two years' time, three years' time, you're going to be able to move up into athletic, aren't you? So, Hopefully. you know, it's just, it's just going to take a little bit of time. You've already got the muscle mass, well, at least, you know, a good foundation of it. Mm. Joe, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the bug. Why is one went... <laughs> artificial, like, blocking that is. <laughs> Can you even see? I'm blocking it twice, bro. Just put your glasses on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but anyway, stress, stress, and, and and being scared to push food because yeah, I. I but at this, when the pushing food, that's what brings the stress as well. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, just like stress overload. Yeah. yeah. When they see the scales go up, it's like, oh my god! Because I think we can know um, the scales going up like is such a bad thing for so long. So it's like foreign to feel that good feeling when the scales go up. And it's this repetitive cycle. So let's look at the gut-brain axes, dopaminogenic issues, serotonin reuptake issues, nutrient partitioning issues that are going to be caused from being stressed. Ultimately, it's just going to make you fatter <laughs> if you don't manage your stress properly. In, in a like highly oversimplified way, if you're stressed out all the time, you're eating in a sympathetically driven environment constantly, you're going to have poorer outcomes anyway, no matter if you overeat or not. Just any of the food that you eat is not going to be like preferentially partitioned the way that you want it to be. But if you yeah. are, no, that's that's the end of it anyway. Yeah, see, I see, you see that with a lot of people coming out the back end of a show as well. Yes, they're eating in a surplus, but they're also stressing because they don't look as conditioned as they were, and then they're worrying about that, and then they're all very hyped up about an Instagram. I've got to look good on Instagram. You know, and then they all start justifying it for certain reasons, and it's like, Bill, this is part of bodybuilding. Come out of a diet and actually start eating as in a, in a like a maintenance or whatever, you know, a slight surplus. You're never gonna fucking get any better. And then, but their, their thoughts are like, no, 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 I want to be shredded. I want to be shredded. And I've got a client at the moment who I keep having to, keep, I keep having to tell her, she keeps reducing her calories, going, no, no, I'm just getting too out of shape. It's too much weight, too fast. And I'm like, you gained two pounds in a week and you've just done a show four weeks ago. It's not a big deal. Chill the fuck out. Like, it's just, I think that you can definitely tell that we're stressing about it more and they do a surplus. They, 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 it's just, especially over a long, drawn out period, you can see the changes in the physique massively. Mm. This is that's very, I think, definitely a lot of people. What's the, what's the best example as well that's coming up? I bet you've all seen it in your clients. The, like the most obvious example that's coming up it's a month away. Christmas. Yeah. How many people show yeah, yeah. to the point of like, oh, I don't know what to eat on Christmas Day. Uh, uh. It's like stress themselves out so much. They end up looking worse than if they'd have just chilled out and just eaten whatever. Like, and you don't have to yeah. stuff your face and eat like a child. Like, just eat to appetite, enjoy some food, enjoy some time with family and relax. Trust me, that'll benefit you way more than 
staying super stressed out over not eating. I actually sent out, I actually sent out a message to all of my clients. I sent like a, a like a sort of a copy and paste message just to everybody and just said, all of you, even if you're prepping, even if you're whatever, whatever you're doing, yeah. Christmas Day, off your diet, eat whatever you want within reason. Try not to go too crazy. Just chill out a little bit. Enjoy your time with your family. If you want to eat fifteen thousand calories of chocolate and end up end up in hospital, go for it. If you want to, if you want to drink until you get alcohol poisoning, whatever. I don't mind. But back the, the next day or the next day after that, we're back on it and we just start getting along with your goal. Realistically, it's just going to do some good to mentally deload a bit, chill, and then we just get back into it. But if you piss off your family by eating chicken and rice out of Tupperware instead of a Christmas dinner. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be in their best place. Are you? Don't fucking do it. One of, those, one of those copy and paste uh, um, coaches, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> What's no, that? Aka, don't message me on Christmas. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing is, I always get pissed off around Christmas because of what people put on Instagram saying, "This is what you should do." No, you should just do whatever the fuck makes you happy. If yeah. you want to stick to your meals because that's what makes you happy, just do that. But people are heard, you're going to piss your family off. Because it's not fucking, it's not, I don't think it's right. I don't, but mm. that's what I think. Mate, Christmas morning, celebrations, just give me the box, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Caitlin? Are you just completely off your plan or are you just going to have one meal or what are you going to do? Because you're religious as fuck with your food. Yeah, um, I will have Christmas Day off. Because when I was when I started this whole bodybuilding thing at fourteen, I would have two days off a year. I'd have my birthday and Christmas day off, um, and I I'll still probably always do that. But I know some people, it's like they're they're out they're like nineteen weeks out from that first timer show, aren't they? Yeah. And they're oh, I think that you're gonna see a lot of them people putting stuff on social media and just being like oh um i can't believe i can't eat christmas dinner and then they're gonna want someone to message them and like sympathize and i'm just like oh shut up yeah i'm I'm sticking to plan well done you don't get a medal for it that's your that's your it's like they want points for it yeah oh you're the best bodybuilder yeah you still look like fucking shit fuck off yeah (laughs) and then realistically these people doing that are the ones that aren't gonna place and then they're gonna go Oh shit! I probably should have just had that meal. I would have still got the same outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to remember? Your chicken and rice, or spending good time with your family, eating lotus spuds, mate. No yeah. roasties. Yeah, a lot of roasties, mate. And mate, oh, my mum's roasties, mate. Oh, yeah, your mum's roasties are this, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got some good roasties. <laughs> I've got another question, Caitlin, from the same person that you got one from, Mike Lyon. Um, I'm just going to have to go off the screen one sec. Uh, it's quite a long one. Um, just having to go through all the messages I get. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh sorry, Mr. Popular. Just doing me a amount of time. Okay. Uh, Dedicate your training and adherence to a nutrition plan. And then for those who do full-on preps, can feel really selfish. I sometimes feel guilty for spending so much of my time working on myself and balancing that with everything else. What do you guys think? Do you make a conscious effort to turn off and focus on other things? Yeah, mm, I do. Yeah. I think that kind of links in with the Christmas thing, really. Mm. But, yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I obviously, I know this person well because she's a client and she's fucking religiously on it. But like Friday night, she went out for a drink, ended up having a lot of tequila, worked up fucking six pounds lighter. And she was like, oh, it's probably because I'm dehydrated. I said, maybe dehydration, yeah, but also you might not be fucking stressed because you chilled out. Mm. Because I think deep down she is a little bit stressed. She won't mind me saying, but she does stress out and freak out a few times. But, like, she's gone out, she's chilled out, she's had a good time. Yeah, she did fucking 25,000 steps on the dance floor, but still, six pounds is a lot to mm. lose in a day. Yeah. Um, especially when she's relatively lean anyway, so, um, yeah. Even, Joe, one, one little point off that. How much of you, you are the, the bloke god and the water dropper. How much have you lost in a day? What's the most you've ever lost in a day from, from just anything? Oh, well, when I got my Dexa last week, I had to fast and I lost 14 pounds. Yeah, in a day, yeah. I thought, so. I thought it was a lot. But, but, you know, you also go the other way. You finish a diet at, like, 200. Yeah, it's just extra cellular fluid. But this is the thing, like, if I was to prep, I'd need to account for the fact that I'm probably going to add 20 pounds to be full as I need to be. Like, yeah. If there was a graph of your body weight, would it literally just be like that and then just go, <laughs> like, right yeah. up? My like, God. My body weight, I could, I could look back, right, at the end of my last diet. Um, all right, so my last diet ended at a flat and depleted 199 pounds. And then at the end of week one, I weighed 212.3. <laughs> that was only moving up to maintenance. Week and then Two fifteen, two twenty, two twenty four, two twenty eight, two twenty nine, two thirty five, two thirty eight, two forty, two forty two, two forty five. <laughs> it goes on in that. Ended up at two fifty seven. So. I still can't get over how much you weigh. Like you weigh so much. Like no one believes me. Anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, yeah, no one, everyone always has arguments with Joe. He'll post up his weight and they'll go, no, that's bullshit, that's funny. But I can get the same as well. People are like, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm 293. And people are like, no, no, you're not. I'm like, see my fucking legs. Like, Why would you lie? Sorry? Yeah, and then, and then, and then I'll get to 237. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you look 237. <laughs> 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 I had that girl coming on thing the other day, like, find that hard to believe. I was like, who are you? Firstly, like we have no mutual friends. This is weird. Like, yeah. oh, my friends were just talking about you in a group chat. I was like, what? That's so weird. Famous. I was like, I'm like, here you go. I went and stood on. I did a video of me standing on the scales. She was like, well, fair enough. Like, yeah, but he was wearing he's wearing bulletproof vest. My jumper. Yeah. Four, four hoodies. I was doing a piggyback with Jazz, mate. So. <laughs> Well, our weights combined add up to 250. <laughs> oh dear. Caitlin, you got as light as 100, didn't you? 103. 103? Yeah. Uh, Pretty small. You could probably row me. Wait, how much is that in kilos? That's like 48 kilos? Yeah, you could definitely row me. Or press me even. Man, I'll press you. I'll bicep curl that. 
Do what? Bicep curl it. Yeah, I'd uh, reverse band um, inclined Smith press that, yeah. I like that exercise. I thought that was going to turn out secure, though. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'd above the elbow cuff lap pullover. <laughs> chest supporting that. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got, you got to stick to the basics, man, because that stuff doesn't work. I mean, we've seen Luke's physique built on that, but, you know, that, that muscle must have been from somewhere else. So. Yeah. Luke, Mate, takes, Luke is the white filthy. Luke takes so much trend, though, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't take anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really annoying. If, if you train yeah, it's kind of annoying, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of annoying because out of like the four of us, so out of like me, you, Cal, and Christian, we're like he is literally the best bodybuilder out of all of us, <laughs> and he does fuck uh, yeah, all gear. Yeah, but, let's be serious. Talk. Yeah, I'm the best bodybuilder ever. You are, mate. True. <laughs> True. Caitlin's the best by far, but then you're second closest. Can I accept no, that? Can we're I accept doing that thing, yeah, where we like make stuff up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> when Caitlin's gone, we're like, we know you're the, you the best. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we know you, man. You know, you know I'm kidding. <laughs> do, do, you, do you ever, like, when someone asks you what you do, do you ever feel weird saying, oh, I'm a bodybuilder? So I'm trying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> trying. <laughs> No, we're people ask me what job I do. Do you feel weird telling them when they're like, "Oh, what do you do for a living?" And I'm like, "Oh, fuck's sake, here we go." I don't I'm say. Like, oh, so when we, because we've got a new dog, um, had a house inspection. The woman was like, "What do you do for work?" I'm like, uh, "I'm an online consultant." <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna keep saying that from now on. So. And Jazz goes, aka nerd. I was like, uh, <laughs> all right, savage. Hello, fuck you now. What does Jazz do at the moment? Not a lot. <laughs> what do you do at the moment? Uh, that, 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 that Runs compact. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks, Jazz, for my shoes. I I bought my shoes off. <laughs> She is there. Down there. Hi. Yes, Jazz, looking fit. <laughs> Christian always drops these things. What's that? Last time we went off dinner, you mentioned me like, Jazz was looking peng last night. I was like, Mate, she did. Straight up, man. Yeah, but I don't say those things to her, so don't be like, give me some dim. Is this what I'm missing? <laughs> you did say that when we went out for sushi. You were like, yeah. you were like, oh, Mish Mishka was the lovely addition to the table, and Tom was not. <laughs> mate, Jazz is coming down for my mum's roasties Christmas. Oh, I've had them enough times to me. I'm sick of them. Yeah, that's why Jazz is coming instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, what do you what do you think of Adele? She looked like Lara Croft that night. <laughs> oh. You know, did you see all the girls that I stayed in that apartment with last week? Oh, mate, no, just shut off, is there? No, I was just saying, which ones do you, which ones do you think are fit? <laughs> None of them, thanks. Good, good answer. Thank you. 
brilliant. He's got a girlfriend <laughs> now. You, you can't be saying stuff like this. Wait, wait for her to come home, mate. Aww. She'll probably never, she'll never listen to this anyway. No, we get like five listens, so it's fine. I, yeah, I listen. Yeah. I listen to your podcast. I, in fact, I listen to your podcast whilst building a piece of IKEA furniture. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, wow. Caitlin, what oh, we wow. people doing cardio when they were bored? They were like, oh, oh yeah, literally. That's oh. what we say. Oh, yeah. There. Well, we're, we're we're trying, bro. We're trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying. People are like, yeah, just going to have to do some steps with a podcast and they're listening to us. <laughs> weird. I do Isn't that. Isn't it weird? The word walking is obsolete now. You don't go for a walk. You, you get, get steps, steps in. in. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like it just when we got the dog, they're like, "Do you do your steps?" Mm. The... <coughs> How many steps will you do daily with the dog? <laughs> Why can't we just say we like walking, go for a walk? Um, I meant to uh, Joe. Um, that podcast, not um, the podcast, the course that Cal and Luke are on. What's what is that currently like? Because they were going on about it. Is it some like informational? What is it? I haven't seen it at all. Today. I don't know what it is. Something is it in Ireland or something? The only person. No, but like, is it, is it an information? Like, who, who's running it? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Broderick was there. Yeah. Don't actually know. Fair enough. I thought you were drinking right, wine then. Okay, then you ask, ask these guys some questions that we'll ask that whilst they're still here before they get bored and Christian just goes and eats more potatoes. Oh, I've got a good question. Right, so we had this like biochemist come into school and asked her a question and she was like, I don't know. So Joe might know the answer to this. You know, like post-exercise, why are the GLUT4, like why is there an upregulation of that? Like, what causes that? Hold on, I that old thing. Someone is making ridiculous noise. Yeah, it's like, Christian. He looks like a pumpkin. Noise. Shut up. Fuck off. <laughs> right. I didn't hear it. So, you know, the GLUT4, uh, I don't know, is it like a reset? Whatever it is, yeah. Why is there an upregulation of that post-exercise? Like, what causes it? Um. So, there's an increase in glycogen or synthesis response, probably because... Some literature shows even from the first set of a resistance exercise, um, intramuscular glycogen does deplete somewhat. So it could be that, like your amino acid and glucose transport rates are going to be increased. Um, it's probably just a reaction to that. I know, I know who would, who would actually, I would have this study if I. Um... Do, you me, do you want me to just say? Yeah, you do, it, Christian. You, you go on. Dish out the knowledge, man. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. I'm pulling it up now. I'll guarantee I can find it. Um, my computer has this like horrible list of studies. Because um, I was just thinking, if there was a way that we could mimic that without having to exercise constantly, then surely we could like optimize, um, like carbohydrate uptake in off season. Maybe I don't know. Am I just talking rubbish? But no, just just use a load of insulin. Ah. Loads of insulin. So you're you're sort of talking about the benefit of of consuming higher. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the first person I ever heard talk about this was Dr. Scott Stevenson, and he's a big fan of the, the intra- and post-workout carbohydrate load. Okay. I, I believe he uses the word slindo, which is pretty cool, like the window of higher insulin. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So, like, glycogen is a primary fuel source for resistance training, if you're training hard. Yeah. Um, so it needs to be replenished. Um, and there is evidence that suggests that supplementing carbohydrate during exercise is beneficial for performance. So you stop the reduction of glycogen because it's always going to be an adequate supply. If you use something with a high enough molecular weight that the gastric emptying is going to be such that it will be almost instantaneous replenishment. Gerald, let's ask you about this. This is the thing. So how come cyclic dextrin is used? Surely that has a slower... Because it doesn't have like a dumping effect. It's still effective. So how come that's more... Like, why would that be better? People use that all the time. Don't confuse insulin response with glucose uptake. Oh, okay, good. It has a very stable insulin response, which is quite good because you're not going to get like a reactive hyperglycemia. However, the molecule itself, I think it's like, is it a triangular shape or like a pyramid shape or something? But it's a very high molecular weight, so it will be it will partition very fast. Um, and then, I mean, you're going to intake carbohydrates, which will what? They'll increase insulin, which is a highly anabolic hormone, and insulin action of muscle, glyc- uh, muscle glycogen synthesis as well. So carbohydrates are highly anabolic in terms of glycogen and protein synthesis. And in- insulin um, increases blood flow as well, so that could be another thing. Thinking there. That's good. Yeah. Insulin increases body protein synthesis, not just muscle protein synthesis, by the way, and reduces protein turnover. Well, that was a much better answer than that biochemist. Thank you. But another thing, if you consume carbohydrates during exercise, they're going to um, limit cortisol release as well. Oh, that's quite cool. And that's been correlated with um, muscle fibre growth when training. So that's another way it can promote muscle growth. So, Joe, just to clear this this thing up as well, because I had this debate with someone the other day and they were being a complete retard about it. But um, we, we've spoken before about women, this is bouncing off the insulin thing. So women using things like growth hormone and insulin alongside, say, a very, like a much milder, you know, stack of, say, anabolics or anything like that. That's far more beneficial if they're trying to avoid virilization, obviously, isn't it? Because there's no androgenic if that's in there, is this something that you've seen a lot or you've had clients like use or anything like that? Like, I haven't really seen anyone do it, so I can't really talk from anecdote. Like, yeah. I haven't got any clients, that, female clients, that have wanted to use insulin, apart from one I've literally just taken on. So yeah. I'll be able to speak about that soon. Um, I can guess who that is. Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... What was I going to say? Yeah, so I agree with you with the caveat that I don't think growth hormone is a good drug for women in terms of drug selection um, for, for muscle building because they have extremely low conversion rates uh, to so autocrine, paracrine, IGS, low muscle cell. Women have a really raw deal there. It doesn't really seem like they're going to have to use a substantial amount of growth hormone to get there localized IGF-1 levels at any place that are going to produce a, a maximum of muscle growth. And even then, you need the anabolics there to stimulate that 
increased mRNA expression of those localized IGF-1 amounts in the muscle tissue itself. So without the anabolics there, using growth hormone isn't going to have a muscle building effect. Um, yeah. And even if you do, it'd be extremely minor. Insulin, on the other hand, yeah, in terms of like a, a high-grade like GDA, you kind of talk about it definitely worked there. But again, without combined growth hormone, you're missing out on a ton of, of benefits that, I mean, I could go into if you wanted me to. So essentially what you're saying is that like, if if people wanted to use growth and insulin um, due to the like belly any virilization, in theory it's good, but you would actually need to combine that with actual anabolics, which then co- sort of cancels it out in terms of the no virilization thing. Or yeah, but it could also mean that you could use less anabolics right because you're, you're stimulating relative synergies between all of these drugs okay so kind of like the best of both worlds yeah right um, i mean i'm kind of just postulating here this isn't based on any evidence yeah. but you know you could look at what all of the, these things do like anabolics increase mrna levels of myosin heavy chain igf1 and igf2 receptors in skeletal muscle tissue, so then you're going to get more bang for your buck out of your growth hormone. And um, growth hormone increases androgen receptor density, so that's like a one hand shakes the other kind of thing. You're getting a kickback from both worlds there. Mm. Um, but growth hormone and, I, uh, and IGF conversion in women is is poor. Um, but again, like insulin, again, most of the benefits of insulin go with growth hormone. So women get such a poor deal in terms of what PEDs. Although their milligram per kilogram effective doses of anabolics is extremely low compared to men. Yeah, which is which is something I've seen obviously in female clients. Like you can have them run, you know, twenty milligrams of NPP three times a week. Um, in theory, not that I would ever suggest a woman to use anything of any nature ever. Um, but um, <laughs> no, never, no. <coughs> uh, but. Um, yeah, if they were, then that will still provide you know much like greater, which is ridiculous results. If you put a bloke on that, he's not even going to fucking notice it. So, yeah, not like. Just, um, I've actually been toying with the idea of using shorter ester compounds in some females, but in bolus doses, which I don't think would work well for men. Mm. But so, like NPP twice a week would be a, a rough example. Yeah. Bolus dosing those for a total weekly dose where they're going to have a greater androgen exposure in a shorter time because I do think that the primary like mechanism of virilization in women is duration, in my experience. Yeah, it is. It is. That's one hundred percent true. Absolutely. Like, for, I don't know if there's any studies on that, but from everything I've seen anecdotally, that completely backs that up. Completely. I mean, think about the possibility of a female using like a testosterone base twice a week pre-workout thing like that androgen exposure may be far too little to have a virilizing effect but the androgen exposure may be enough for the myotropic effects of anabolics maybe again postulating it's never been studied Mm -hmm. and never will be no this is one thing as well is that obviously you know it's it's sort of this i suppose this could like almost go back to the original thing I, i started with with like 
years ago that the, the whole sort of thought process behind anabolics was anavar and primabolin are the only safe drugs for women to take. That was the theory. And it, that's just not true. I mean, anavar itself is a, is a very androgenic compound, right? So T derivative, yeah. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, derivative, derivative. Sorry. Um, so with, with that being said, people using that in an off season and coaches and whoever just putting people solely on that and going, yeah, that's all women can take. That's that's not that they're not looking into the actual science behind it properly. This is one thing I've noticed. Like they aren't actually understanding. They're just being told what they've been told by other people, and that that bad knowledge has just been passed down again and again and again. And it's just and it's just because because it is relatively safe because obviously it's relatively mild. But continuous use of it over time is going to cause the same effect in anything, whether it be NPP test anything along those lines. Like if you use my minuscule dosages of that, you're going to have probably far greater results with far less side yeah, I think the Primo one's quite interesting. I've been digging on Primo recently. Um, so, and I was talking with Peter Bond about this the other day, which might, might make it a bit of a less um, desirable choice. So, stop me if I'm going a bit boring sciencey here. Christian, I know you're going to say stop straight away. Um, no, no, I can come out and fall asleep. I'm, I'm pretty tired. So, you know, Enzyme. <laughs> Enzyme. That halfway, through, halfway through a podcast, you just hear snoring. <laughs> That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. So, Christian can yeah, shut no, up. Yeah, no, I'm Joe. I haven't said stuff. I, I want to learn about it, so carry on. I'm trying to think of a really simple way to say it, but I'm talking with Peter Bond about this. So, enzymes can alter substrates so that they like won't have any biological effect anymore and they can deactivate their substrates. Um, so I look at DHT, everyone knows dihydrotestosterone, what it is, it's the product of the 5-alpha reductase enzyme. Um, it's the substrate for other enzymes. So it did... Caitlin's last joke, go back two paces and explain. No, 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 no. I think most people know 5-alpha reductase and DHT is one a hormonal cascade of testosterone. So... Yeah, yeah. So DHT gets broken down by an enzyme called 3-alpha-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase. So that's 3-A-HSD. It reduces DHT on the third carbon, which ends up as 3-alpha-androstanediol, which is a shitty binding affinity to the androgen receptor. And the, the thing to note here is this happens very actively in skeletal muscle, and that's like exactly why DHT... Just fuck all for muscle building. Like, take as much masteron in the world, which is a DHT derivative. It's probably not going to do anything. Take as much actual bioidentical DHT. It's not really going to do anything for um, muscle building. Like, in one study, there were some participants, I can't remember how many, they um, they were injected with DHT to track what happens to the um, metabolite in, like, different tissues. And um, they collected samples from the muscle tissue, like, an hour after injection. And... Um, Basically, all of it was gone, so it's not really going to do anything. Not binding anywhere. But anyway, talking about the three A HSD, um, this is probably why Primo has a really weak muscle building property because it it, it binds as strongly to the androgen receptor as testosterone does, right? Um, and so it, its relative potency is even higher than that of testosterone. But this is in like 
osteoblast studies, right? So, so why is it that Primo is so weak? Um, I think the cells they test it on are like osteosarcoma cells, not skeletal muscle tissue. Skeletal muscle tissue highly expresses that enzyme, like we were talking about, and the primary metabolites of, of Primo are three alpha reduced. So that means that Primo is getting broken down to a large extent in skeletal muscle tissue, making it less potent in this tissue. So, you know, it's so activity. You, you explained that the other day, I remember you talking about that, where you're essentially, whatever you're taking, you're, you're realistically only getting about 50%. So, yeah, um, probably, maybe even less. So, so that happens in, in skeletal muscle tissue, but it doesn't occur in, in tissues lacking it. So it's probably, that's you know, that's what sort of like, yeah, so I don't know what I don't know how I haven't got as far as looking at other tissues and how three A HSD is expressed there. But this is like the thing for women; like uh, it might actually be as potent as testosterone in some other tissues, um, but just not in muscle building. So it's like, is that the best choice? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I haven't actually made it that far, but I'm inclined to say no. Um, sorry, that was an absolute random tirade of female drug talk there. But um, yeah, that's another reason why I. I probably wouldn't choose Primo, maybe, because I don't know that yet. So, yeah, it's, I think, I think whilst I wrap my head around that for the next three hours and try and understand all of that, um, <laughs> Christian's fell asleep. Oh, God, he's gone. Guys, someone call him. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. I've minimised Zoom, but I can't, I can't get it back up again. So we can still see you and your glasses. So you I can know. see, I've, I've got like a mini Zoom screen. I can see you talking. It's annoying. Oh, well. Christian, Christian, in true carbs spirit, have you eaten anywhere good recently? Uh, went to Digworth Dining Club again on Thursday, which is like, uh, Digworth's in Birmingham, but it's like, it's like the ends, bro. Um, so there's like loads of warehouse raves around there. Like there's so many warehouses all, and they're all linked. It's pretty sick. To... You are? Do you go to them? I used to when I used to be a party boy. I like the... Yeah. Is that your like go-to we... dance move? Uh, yeah, that's the main one. You know, you're you like, although you're not a dad. Like that... Yeah, get the Tupperware out. Like this. Bowl of cream of rice. Yeah, um, but they've got this thing called Digworth Dining Club, which is like it's not in a warehouse or anything, but um, it's like different vendors there every week. Um, but then some of them are there like permanently. Uh, it's pretty sick. So have some have some good munch. And I'm going to get I'm going again this Thursday. So, but we went, nah, out, we went out. We went out last night. We went to we we're in Stratford to go see some family, and we went to we had like a meal with like family in like a pub or something um it was for i think he's like my, my great step uncle or something like that i don't know but we he's like it was 90 90th, 90th birthday so you rich? sorry yeah like stupid rich he used to be yeah. the what did he used to be yeah like adhesives company adhesives company and like no you remember you know dunlop tires yeah yeah he was the adhesives like manager like managing director of adhesives for that. so he managed so, the glue so, like what, yeah, yeah, I can't hook you up for any to sniff though, Kevin, sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Damn I am. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, we, your Instagram we, story. Sorry? 
I saw your Instagram story. It looked like you were in a, a posh house. Yeah, it was, oh yeah, that was that was um, some other family. But yeah, we went out to um, we went out to the, uh, to a restaurant in the in the town, and it was called it's called like Lambs. I think it was just called Lambs or something. Lambs restaurant, and it was um, it was a Michelin star restaurant. It was like a one star restaurant. And we went, and we went, I was like, fuck yeah, let's go in. And like, let's go have a meal or whatever. And they got us a table because they, they, they were booked up and they got us a table. And, uh, and they were like, it was shit. I'm not going to lie. It was really crap. It was fucking Like something that's supposed to be like that good. It was absolutely like, it was like 80 quid for the meal. And I wouldn't have fucking paid that. It was, it was shite. Like, absolutely terrible. Yeah. I've been, I've been to, um, a couple of Michelin star places. Cause obviously when I used to be in, in that industry, we used to go out quite a lot, um, and they are they're they're something you do like once a year. You wouldn't fucking do it every month um, no. because it's what like I went to a place that was one hundred and twenty five quid a head just for your food. Oh, but yeah, it was it was ten courses, but ten courses was probably like the size of one of my meals. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like the whole ten yeah. courses, like. But it's the experience in it. Like you'll never have anything like it. But this is the thing. Like I saw, there was one in Denmark that I, I saw on someone's video. Some YouTuber, a guy called Mark Wiens, he's awesome. And um, he uh, he goes to this restaurant, and it's called it's called the Alchemist. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. One in Leeds. Like, sorry. It's one in Leeds. No, no, no. That's no, no, no. It's like a, it's like an actual. It's it's called. It's not the chain or anything. It's just this one off. So, oh, sorry, big um, man. Yeah, it's a three-star Michelin restaurant, and they open up on the website, and all of the spaces for the entire year, bear in mind they seat 50 to 100 people at a time, were taken within the first three minutes of opening. Mad. Mental. Like, an entire year, 100 people a day, between 50 and 100 people a day, and that was gone within the space of a year. Like, literally, like, sorry, within the space of three minutes of opening, they're, they're like, like, you know when V-Festival tickets go, it's essentially that. Like, that's mad. I'm coming back. Hold on. I don't think I'd ever be able to spend that much money on like one meal. That'd give me a heart attack. Uh, well, I think it's, it's about 365 quid ahead. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, I'd have that kind of money. You'd rather spend three hundred and sixty-five quid on like, um, what is it you eat in post show? Well, oh, rice cakes. Rice cake. Yeah, yeah, rice yeah cake. boy. <laughs> and, a, and a monster for a treat. Aye, that's the one. <laughs> Tom, did you get that little puppy that you put on Instagram? No, that's um, that was the that was my my dad's cousin's um, uh, little little new one that they just got. Oh, mate, honestly, cutest little thing in the world. <laughs> Is it is it a lab little labby? Yeah, lab. Yeah. Oh, it's so sweet. Brand new puppy. Yeah, nine nine weeks old, eight weeks old. It was just the most playful, silly, cute little thing in the world, wobbling all over the place. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Are you getting you a dog? Get one You're gonna get Sorry? one though. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to get a dog soon. I can't I can't see that puppy and then not like get one. It's just it's just brilliant. <laughs> Don't buy one. Buddy. No, Sorry. get it from a rescue Don't. center. Yeah, rescue it. Yeah, probably. We've we've been down the rescue places. Like, well, we were there all day today, mate. There's loads of lovely dogs there. 
Yeah. And every time you get a dog from a rescue, you save them and you save another dog because they're coming to the rescue from the pound where they're just going to be put down. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we've just got we've just got a beautiful little staffy pup. Like, oh, that's nice. you know, he's lovely. We went down there. He was like, yeah, we got him yesterday, and we just had him. So, you know. So, how did you, how did you pick though? Did you just sit with him and he was just like loved you to bits or what? Like, uh, yeah. Well, we went down there. It's just our like most closest place. I got my last dog from a rescue home. Um, about time we got another one now. So we just went down there for a look, to be honest. And then he was like, he was the first one we seen, wasn't he? Yeah, it was like the first scene. I was just like, I want that one. <laughs> so cute, so friendly off the bat. He's tiny, a massive head, They're like a Christian. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, hold on, tiny but massive head. <laughs> <laughs> you see the names of Christian. You see the names of Christian. He's already got a name, man. He came called Hunter. That was his name anyway. He's um got no details about him. Like they. He's less than one. That's the only detail we've got. I don't know where he's coming from or what. He actually, well, he, he came from a pound in Wales. Um, but yeah, you got to rescue a dog, man, if you're going to get it. Don't, you know, don't support a... Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But, you know, there's, there's poor dogs without homes. Have them. Joe, just stick to the really, really in-depth drug knowledge that no one else will get and you'll be sound. Like, what do you think about this, though? Don't you think about, like, humans like that a little bit? What do you mean? Like, there's so many kids in, like, foster care or whatever it is, or, like, that are orphans. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've always thought, like, if we, if we, you know, me and Mish were to have, like you know, twins or something or like whatever off the first like try, then then maybe the next one we would adopt or something. I've always thought oh, about yeah. it. Like, How many kids are you having? Sorry? How many kids are you having? Um, no, two or three. Maybe, maybe if we had twins on the first one. Mike, <laughs> <laughs> so one is enough. <laughs> we just load, load up on HMG and HCG and just hope my dad's work. Yeah, it's not worth, it's not worth the effort, man. Just, <laughs> what I'm saying is, like... We, we look at dogs like that. Maybe we should look at humans like that. Like, maybe we should stop making humans until ev- all of the humans actually have a home and a good quality of life. All of them. Every last one. What? My miss just goes, what about 50-year-old smacker? The neighbors <laughs> at home. I'm probably not going to adopt one. <laughs> <laughs> This is Barry. He has no teeth, and he's shooting up heroin in the toilet at the moment. Yeah, I was talking like. But, but he's really nice. But he's really <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, this is again. This is the thing with the dogs because there's some dogs there that are like eight, nine. No one really wants them. Like, mm. you know. that's sad, man. Yeah. Oh, don't, don't let this get deep. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but we've only got fifty-five seconds left of recording because I'm doing it on anchor. Okay. Shit, we're gonna have to wrap this up. <laughs> you wank him. Ready anyway. Oh, brilliant. Right. Well, I was ha- I was having uh, enough of Christian just sitting there, like she's boring me in that a bit now. Christian, this was almost as bad as Carbs Ghost. It hey, was. Lynn, fuck you, man. I thought, I thought we were tight. I thought we were popping. What's popping? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, so got... from everyone here, we'd just like to say.
What's popping, people? Uh, no, yeah. that's not it. Hello, that uh, was horrendous. <laughs> 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 that's all I'm going to watch his stories for now. Like, yo, yo people, what's popping? What's popping? What's popping? Right, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, and yeah, if you enjoyed this, let us know because I highly doubt you would. But you know, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>